Excuse me, sirs. You're both on in five. Both on in five. Thank you. Thank you, five. You ready? I, I think so. Uh, God. Do you want to do some vocal warm ups? Yes. Like, just please. in the Okay. Please. Me, me, me. Mo, mo, mo. Moo, moo, moo. My merry monkey mates meet monkeys and make them monsters. My merry mates meet monkeys and make them monsters. Planet of the Apes. Planet of the Apes. What is, what is that one? It's just like one of the ones I learned at college. What does that What does that do? Uh, it's just like an articulation thing. Touch your toes. Touch your toes. Don't forget to like and subscribe. Leave a comment. I, I don't think those are... Are those warm-ups? Run. Run. He is coming, the Lord of Darkness. Fear his return. The end begins. I don't know if those are... Act what are Rubber baby are buggy bumpers. Rubber baby buggy bumpers. That one I know. <laughs> that one, that sounds <laughs> legit. Is the Lord of Darkness coming? We, no, it's just like it's it hits different consonants and it just helps with the articulation okay let me let me try he he thrusts his fists <laughs> against the posts and still insists he sees the ghosts <laughs> whether the weather be cold or whether the weather be hot we'll be together whatever the weather be whether we like it or not Ooh, i like that one that's okay. a good one what are we doing again loosen up loosen up it's a podcast. Okay. For about 17 people. Okay. All right, you're on. Okay, let's do this. Their latest podcast has taken the internet by storm. Here they are, the two best friends all the way from New England, Matt Ramston and Alan Parker. <laughs> Hi, everyone. Hi. Welcome to Six Degrees of Celebration. I'm Alan. I'm Matt. And it's so good to be back and in front of all of you, back in our hometown of... <laughs> of this Zoom call. <laughs> Uh, how are you doing, buddy? I'm good. We're kind of in a weird state. Uh, we are both moving. Yeah. And so we're kind of in what I think of like the box state. My furniture is gone. There is only boxes. <laughs> right. So my clothes are just in boxes. From boxes we came, from boxes, boxes we returned. We <laughs> exactly. It's so true. Yeah, everything's wrapped up. I, I've packed up all of my clothes except for what I'm wearing this week because we do the final move on Sunday. So it's just like everything, like you mm -hmm. said. Yeah, it's yeah. fully packed up. Yeah, I, I'm planning a couple small trips before I think next Friday. It's like my... All right, move your mattress, move your TV, move that kind of stuff. Moving is weird. It is. But how are you doing? I'm doing awesome. I felt like a, a man today, which... <laughs> okay, so it's it's fucked up, right? Like, you, you shouldn't have to do this kind of stuff to feel like a man, right. but it, it happened. So uh, I took the TV off of the wall mount today and put the legs back on it. And so I used my power drill to, like, put the oh, screws back in. And I yeah. was like... <laughs> yep, that looks good. <laughs> I mean, there is something, I don't know, there is just something about, I don't even need to be like masculine or manly, but there is just something satisfying about using a tool or like doing a project. Like, okay, so like my dad has this wooden kitchen cart that he's been trying to get rid of for a while. And it's like, oh, you need that. I'm like, I don't. <laughs> um, it's like, no, but you, you just take it. You can just sand it down. And I'm like, I... 
just because I'm sanding it does not make me need it. <laughs> right. I understand. And it was like, no, it just needs a little bit of work. It just needs a little bit of work. And I'm like, I appreciate it, but I'm not doing the work. On, yeah. I think I can understand the act of like doing the work on something like a TV or just like, oh, I can fix it. We've talked a lot about dependability and wanting to be counted on or, mm-hmm. or seen as somebody people can go to. And that's what it felt like for me. I was like, oh, yeah, we got to take the TV off there. And then I, I just did it. And then looked over at Jenny and I was like, yeah, I'm the kind of man that do that for you. <laughs> you know? This is the man in your life now who can affix plastic to plastic. Now that I'm a husband, apparently I know how to do all these things. Apparently I will be stubborn and never hire any professional to do anything. Yeah, I'll just like hike up my pants, look at it and go, mm, shouldn't be too hard. Let's take a crack at it. I'm an electrician. <laughs> I can do this. <laughs> What kind of work do you do? Uh, well, on the side, I make uh, poop jokes with my friend uh, for the internet. Um, so I think I can handle this. <laughs> I, I, this is fine. Everything's fine. <laughs> I am so happy that we live in a more stable timeline where I can buy tickets to things without fear of like it being pushed back indefinitely. Yes, yes. Like, this is such a nice feeling. Thankfully, during the pandemic or during the height of the pandemic, I did not have tickets to anything at the Mm -hmm. time. So I was not like put in this weird suspension of time (laughs) to like, when will I get to see them? When will I get to go to that? But now that concerts and live events are back or more back, it's very exciting to be able to go to this stuff. This is all to say, I have tickets to like three different events in September. I know one of them's Maggie Rogers, right? Nope. Or not Maggie Rogers. Uh, the other Maggie Rogers. <laughs> the Philip. Philip. <laughs> what What do you think her name is? Maggie Phillips. <laughs> What's her name? It's like Phillips something, right? Nope. I mean, you're 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 on the same sound. I feel like a kid. I don't know. She's blonde, right? She's like yes. Some, this is like yeah. when you when you got mad at your mom because you couldn't pronounce the various Pokemon or said Pokemon. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. You're like no, no, mom. It's War Turtle. <laughs> Just tell me what her name. Yeah, what is yes. her name? Yes, uh, Phoebe Bridgers. Phoebe Bridgers. That's what it was. Yes. Uh, she announced the tour in support of her album that came out last year. One of my friends got tickets. And his friends, who he was buying for, got tickets. So, like, I have an extra. Do you want it? And I was like, yes, I do. And so I was able to get it on that, which I did not expect to go to. Because I I feel like I, I've spent my, you shouldn't have gotten tickets to the thing, but you did. Like, in my lifetime, like, I got to, I got to see Adele live. And I thought that was my thing. <laughs> but they was like, no, you don't, you don't get to see any of the other big ones. You got to see Adele. Jenny was telling me about this and what I don't know how tickets work. I'm not a concert yeah. guy. Yeah. They have like a back sale or. Yeah. So this is the main issue with ticket sales. Basically what you have Joe, nobody like my, like me or whoever <laughs> wanting to spend 50 bucks, 70 bucks on a, on a concert ticket to, you know, maybe feel something. <laughs> but then you have these people who program bots Mm-hmm. to go in and buy as many tickets as they can. And then they resell them for a markup. Oh, so there's scalping, basically. Scalping, yeah. yeah. So virtual scalping. So let's say a Phoebe Bridgers ticket costs $54. Because she is in such high demand right now, a resale ticket will go for $250. That's what it was, resale. Okay. Right. And it's just like, we're all people here. <laughs> I just want to cry 
in public. Why can't the robots just let me enjoy Phoebe Bridgers? <laughs> exactly. So with a lot of these high profile artists like Phoebe or Adele or... I might not be in the know, but is Phoebe really on the level of Adele right now? No, she's not. Oh, okay. okay. But like, she's in demand. <laughs> right. So much so that they needed to like, you needed to sign up to buy tickets. You basically have to tell the internet, like, I want to buy a ticket or I want the chance to buy a ticket. And they're like, okay. We'll put you in line. We'll put you in line to buy a ticket, maybe. Oh my God. Versus the other ticket I bought which was a number of weeks after the tickets went on sale, I walked into the website and said, could I have two, please? And they said, yes, here you go. Beep, boop, pop. Trans <laughs> the transaction complete, Mr. Ramsden. Yeah. So like, yes, here you go. Here are your two tickets. Please enjoy Japanese breakfast. What was that for? Japanese breakfast. Now, is that a band? <laughs> yes, it is a band. <laughs> okay, I was like, or did you get tickets to go enjoy no, Japanese no. breakfast? The, the band is called <laughs> Japanese Breakfast. Okay. It's um, freaking music. I, you and I both have an inner boomer. Mm -hmm. I feel like your inner boomer is for music and stuff. Mine <laughs> is for anime and fantasy, like D&D stuff. Maybe, yeah. Like, because when you're just like, oh my God, like, it's just JoJo. He has the... And there's our Ario Speedwagon. I'm like, who is it? <laughs> I don't know. They use magic powers through breathing, Matt. Just like get on, get on right, board with like, it. I don't get it versus me going like, oh my God, it's Japanese breakfast. <laughs> and I'm like, great. When are we going? They're like, what are we, where are you going to get? And like, her name is Michelle. Oh my God. Like, <laughs> yeah. So I was going to say, Jenny was telling me about the resale tickets. Yeah. And she was like, I can get two tickets each for $100, which isn't too bad. But who am I going to go with? Because Matt already has a ticket. And she's like listing off all these people. And they're like, <laughs> this person already got a ticket with them. She's like, I don't even know who I would go with. And I'm sitting there like, what is happening? <laughs> am I just like, have, do I have this rep even with my wife? That like, I don't even want to be asked to go to the concert. Well, because I, I not you have this vibe, but like, I remember when you went to go see Ed Sheeran. You're like, that was actually good. <laughs> that was actually not bad. Contrary to my uh, assumptions. Right. I didn't hate well, that. Because there is also this like horrible trope of like the girlfriend dragging her boyfriend, significant other to the thing and him being like, oh God. And then like getting together with a bunch of guys like, oh, you got dragged here too? Oh, yeah. yeah, that whole thing. Hey, I'm always of a mind where I enjoy music independently so yeah. going somewhere with a whole bunch of other people to enjoy music in front of other people is just a little bit weird for me but i get it i get it my experience is the complete opposite in a way because like if i'm enjoying my music in isolation or by myself or whatever mm -hmm. and i go to a place and there are other people who know that i'm like oh my god i can talk to you about the thing oh okay and there are a couple bands that are a couple artists or whoever else that i'll like show up hours before i'm allowed in the building and just hanging out front. Uh, these are usually for, for floor seats or general admission. So you don't have like a, you are in row F, seat 26, you know, whatever. Right. It's just like, just fucking stand somewhere <laughs> and watch. What that usually curtails is me getting there at like noon when the door opens at eight and just like vibing, just like hanging out. But I have seen a lot of bands like front and center because of that. I feel like I might actually enjoy going to concerts if I went with like a group of six people. Yes. 
I feel like that would be more my speed than going with like by myself or with one other right. person. Or you make friends. I hate people. I don't want to make friends. <laughs> <laughs> I remember I was in college. This was the second time I saw the killers. I bought a, a ticket by myself and showed up at like noon or one o'clock. And there were like five or six people waiting in line with like lawn chairs. And it was like, are you here for the show? I'm like, yeah. And he goes, oh, hi, I'm Alice. I'm, you know, <laughs> I'm Katie. You just I'm, made friends. Right, just made friends. All right, that's actually really like, this cool. This is great. There is a picture on my Facebook with the banner I made out of a top sheet. Oh my God, no. <laughs> yes, I was that person. But yeah, so I'm very happy to have tickets to things again. And like, for the most part, not be concerned that it's going to be pushed back a year. Like Je- Jenny has been in a liminal space with her My Chemical Romance tickets. Oh, I didn't even know about those ones. I know we have a ticket to go see Eliza. Oh, right, right. What's her last name? Uh, Schlesinger. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. (laughs) She's super funny, but we had tickets to go see her forever ago, and she kept having to put off her her concert, her show, her her comedy concert. Right, her... (laughs) We're going to a comedy concert. Yeah. Um, <laughs> They're going to play us their comedy. <laughs> <laughs> hey, you know what comedy concert I would go to is the one for Randy Feltface. Randy Feltface. Feltface. He's a puppet. Like on the internet? I mean, he exists, but he's also <laughs> on the internet. I Okay. I've never heard of Randy Feltface. Okay. Well, he's Australian, so that might be why. Okay. Uh, he's an Australian puppet with really crude humor, like, like Australian, right? Like they say mm-hmm. the C word, like it's nothing out there. Right. It's just, yeah. But he has a heart of gold. He's very, very funny and philosophical. Okay. Which I feel like would be your in for his kind of work. Right. Okay, so Randy Feltface, <laughs> he's this purple puppet. He used to team up with Sammy J to do like sketch comedy and musical comedy before he started doing his own shows. You're going to look him up? I'm going to look him up because I feel like the minute you said it was purple. Okay, the, I have seen this person. Okay, okay. Or this puppet. Maybe four minutes of his material altogether. One of his shows is titled Randy Writes a Novel. Yes, I'm looking at it right now. So the whole special is viewable on YouTube. If you're going to go watch it, everybody, make sure you go to Randy's official channel, not some rando who reposted it. Just give him the, you know, give him those views. It's hilarious. It's again, very crude. And it's also an investigation into the meaning of existence, art and fear, which is super cool. This looks really interesting. Let me play you this bit of it. Um, the reason we're here is because I wrote a book. Yeah, you can clap, but I'm concerned that it might be a bit shit. I don't know. It's weird. This is it here. I'm not sure if it's any good because I think I'm too close to it. You know, I can't tell anymore. I'm concerned that it might be like an ugly baby that I'm looking at through the eyes of a loving mother. And it's not until I take it out for a walk in its little pram and people start screaming in horror and crossing the street to avoid me that I'll realise I've made a piece of shit baby. (laughs) (laughs) That is, I think, one of the most Australian things I've ever seen in my life. (laughs) It's super, super funny. Um, but then he gets into like, what is art? Is art only exist or have value once it's witnessed? And he does all this crazy stuff. Australia's wild. Yeah. Like, okay, so there's another Australian celebrity who is like an A-lister. 
Her name is Courtney Act. She's an Amer- she's an Australian drag queen. But the whole thing is like she is like hosting all this stuff. She's like on these reality shows and panel shows and talk shows and all the stuff. But she's just like everywhere. But she's been doing that for like like a decade, like forever. And I don't know. It's just wild to be like Australia is the place where that happens, and I kind of love it. I like no, <laughs> we have a we have a puppet stand up comic and Courtney. Yeah. So it's no secret that I love puppetry. I think it's one of your weirder interests. Thank you. Yes. <laughs> the talent with which Randy is operated is really immersive. Like he does a really great job of like slight mannerisms with the hands and everything. Right. It's really well done. And so when you add in some hilarious comedy and dashes of like that introspection and deep thought stuff that you and I really get off on, it makes like in a really valuable piece of work. Yeah. I love pieces of work or whatever that you can watch and you actually feel like you've been entertained, but you've benefited from viewing it. Absolutely. And I think that one, the Randy writes a novel one is definitely one of those. I'll have to watch it. I've actually contemplated. I think it's my top runner right now for new tattoos is like one of the final lines from the the special. I was like, oh man, that makes so much sense. And then I was like, I want to get that tattooed on my body. <laughs> With Randy's face. <laughs> yes, of course. Yeah, just like a purple puppet. Like, Mah! Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I might not do that part. <laughs> People have gotten much weirder stuff. That's very true. So as we mentioned, we're both moving. Hitting the trail. So as this part happens, you kind of have to decide what you're bringing and what you're leaving. Yeah. And this kind of brings me to the point that I kind of... Are we breaking up? Yes. Um, (laughs) I didn't sign a marriage agreement. (laughs) I do appreciate being forced to purge. You like being forced to purge? I like being forced to. Force is the operative word. Because if I am not, I will never let it go. One of the um, few things you enjoy being forced to do in, absolutely. in general. Because if, if I'm not forced to, it's like, mm-hmm. hi, you literally don't have the space. Right, yeah. Oh, okay, okay, I get it, yeah. Make it work. Find, find a solution. Hi, you have a box of t-shirts in your closet you have not unpacked yet. Yes. What Ugh. is happening with that? I love that. When you go to move and you're like, oh, shoot, uh, I haven't touched this since I moved in. Yes. Then you're like, time to get rid of it because it's so perfectly obvious. Right. And I mean, that was the thing is like I have, I have a box of all my own like old concert T-shirts. You would. Right. That I'm just like, <laughs> I'm going to make a quilt out of this. <laughs> it's like a year late, over a year later. I don't have a quilt. I don't even know how to do I, I, I don't know how to quilt. <laughs> There's a company that will do it for me. But I have to pay money. That's such a thing, too. You're like, no, no, I, I probably I'm going to make a quilt. I'm going to make a like, quilt. I have, this. I have my shirt from my Brandon Flowers show that is like the equivalent of like one ply tissue paper. It's so thin. Yeah, it's it's barely there. And I'm like, no, I can still use this. I can it's still not have. dead yet. Right. Exactly. It's like it's let it go. <laughs> Vinyl Thief broke up. You can lose the shirt (laughs) or make it into a cutoff or something. I don't know what that is, but it's such a thing. 
to just be like, I've got all these things. I can't get rid of them. I'll hodgepodge them together. I'll do, like, I'll do I'll, some kind of collage. I'll make it work, please. But it's like, you're, well, so it kind of forces you to like, do you want to move that box down the stairs in your car, up mm-hmm. the stairs into the thing to like have it sit there again and do the whole thing again? Yeah. Like, no, I don't. So let's find something more permanent. Let's make the quilt or let's get rid of it. But I like being forced because I am the person who will never do that. Being forced to in one way or the other is very helpful for me. Plus it just shakes things up. Yeah. If you've got a desk layout or the room layout or things hanging on the wall, when you have to take it down, mm-hmm. you just kind of get the this vibe. I've had a sword hanging over our living room closet <laughs> since my sister got married because we got to use swords in the ceremony, which was freaking dope. Right. And so I've had this sword over the closet and I, I saw it today and I was like, oh, shoot, I got to remember to take that down. Like whenever I put it back up, I got to find a different place to put it because I Mm -hmm. forgot it was up there. I am determined in my new apartment to not have a corner bed. Okay. It's a weird thing, but I want to try it. All right. Yeah. I mean, it's it's one of the few benefits of being single single is you can just you can rock a corner bed. and It's not an issue. (laughs) I saw a joke that was like you crossed the final threshold or moved out of your parents house when you don't have the corner bed anymore. It's a weird thing because you're just like, I can exit the bed on either side. (laughs) The world is mine. Right. The world is mine. Every direction is open. to me. (laughs) Right. Exactly. And I did do it once. I had it once, but I didn't choose it that way. It was when I moved into my apartment in Worcester and the layout was already set for me. Oh, oh yeah. That was the place that was already furnished, right? Right. Exactly. So I was like, okay, so this is it. So I don't count that. Now I'm like, all right, no, we can make this work. You know, I wasn't going to talk about this, but that has brought back such a vivid memory in my mind that I want to talk about this now. Okay. I want to talk about Let's Players. We were visiting you in that Worcester apartment, and this was ages ago. This was, yes, we were both monsters. <laughs> we were, we were <laughs> shit. We were, we shit were people. trash people. <laughs> we were awful. We're so good now. We're so much. Oh, my God. We're getting into heaven for sure now. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. So we were I remember sitting on your bed. It was me, you, either Dan or Devin. It was Dan, I think. You were playing Far Cry Primal. Do you remember this? I remember playing that game. Wow. Really? You don't have this memory? Well, maybe if you describe it to me. I think it was Dan. Dan and I had come over to hang out with you. Right. We had ordered food in, I think, and we were all just chilling. We were all just chilling and hanging because we hadn't seen you in a while. And I remember we were just sitting on your bed and you were playing Far Cry Primal. And we did that for like hours. Something like that, yeah. I watched you play from like the start. Like you oh, hit start right. and, and like I, we got to see like the game start and it brought to mind what I've been thinking a lot about when people talk about this generation never wanting to do things, but always wanting to watch other people do things. I used to get weirdly mad at my my little sister. I would be like, hey, let's play this game. And she'd be like, no, nah, no, nah, I don't want to play it. And then I'd see her watching someone else play it right. on YouTube. And I was like, what the hell? Like, You won't play the game, but you, you'll watch somebody else play it and i've since developed this theory that it's really the people and less of the game yes 
So I distinctly remember that being a very enjoyable way to spend the day because I like you, you and I are friends and I enjoy being around you. So watching you interact with this game was really entertaining for me. <laughs> but, <laughs> but, but I think that's it though, is like, I think it's, it's less about like, oh yeah, I do want to see Resident Evil 8. I do want to see that game, but I would love to see this person play because I know they're funny or like I know them or like watching you play Resident Evil 8 would be different. That's true. I think that's 100%. It's, well, it's the same idea as like people watching Mystery Science Theater. Oh yeah, like, true. Like they're not watching the movie. <laughs> no one's watching the movie. They're watching the riff track. They're watching them make fun of it. And it's interesting because the the two sometimes get bonded. I love the Game Grumps. I think yeah. Aaron Hansen and Dan Avedon are wonderful people. And I love the philosophy with which they live their lives. I love who they are as people. I think it's they're really, really cool. And I was watching them play Danganronpa, which is a weird freaking... It's a weird anime game that has like a mystery to it and everything. And I found myself really engaged with them because I like them a lot. But then also I wanted to know what happens in the game now that I'm invested. But I don't have the desire to go watch another playthrough to get the answers. Like I, I, I'm in it with them and I want to see it evolve with them. Like they're part of the story in my mind. So if I watch somebody else go through the game, there's a part of the story missing. Like I don't get to find out how Dan and Aaron react to the end of the game. Right. It's interesting. It's kind of like their characters in it. For sure. Well, I mean, like for games, it's, it's a situation where depending on who you are and depending on just the character you play or whatever else, it's just like you behave differently and bring your own self to it. Anytime somebody makes that argument of, oh, all these kids these days just want to watch people play games. They don't want to play games. It's like, well, it's more like everybody nowadays likes people. They like specific yeah. people. And, right. and it's, it's a way to hang out with those people. <laughs> and there is a, a, a directness there. So like there is not as much of a like you need to go through all these middlemen middle to play the game of like getting console, getting the game and all of that. You're like I could just watch Game Grumps play it. Right. And there is just a directness there. <laughs> I like things being easier than expected. <laughs> Thank you for coming. <laughs> I, well, it's because I know you talked the other day about something similar. You were like, I, I like when I'm worried about something and it turns out not to be as big of a deal. Correct. So I'm trying to engage with this one differently. Well, so well, in, in that same vein is like, so I've I had a couple things recently that were like, oh God, this is a new thing or this is a big thing. I need, you know, what's going to happen? Oh my God. And I'm like, oh, okay. Like what? What's going on? I, I've made it well known in the podcast that I, moving stresses me out. Right. And that I love it. <laughs> right. Exactly. This is so what makes like, for a good podcast. Exactly. So like this weekend was the kind of the first real big chunk of it mm -hmm. so like all of my furniture or a lot of my furniture rather um including uh my couch which i have given to you guys yeah. yes it is our couch now right it's now your couch <laughs> so the reason i was so stressed out about this couch was because when we moved it in it was the biggest pain in the ass in the world because it <laughs> barely fit up the stairs yeah your stairs are crazy narrow and they yes 
turn back like three times. It's weird. Exactly. It was so much of a hassle last time that we put a hole in the wall <laughs> um, trying to get it around a corner. Thankfully, uh, my walls are pretty much cardboard. So it was very easy to fix. Um, Boston. Thanks, realty. Um, <laughs> but yeah, so we put a hole in the wall and it was just like, this, oh my God, this is such a tough thing. Um, that was awful. And so it's like, all right, we're moving out. I'm like, we have to do the couch. <laughs> we have to do the couch. And then basically what we got here is like, oh, that wasn't bad. We got it. There was no holes in the wall. Maybe just a little bit of a, like a, every now and again, it was just like a, all right, you, Jimmy, you, pu- you push, you go up, a, you lift your leg, like kind of <laughs> thing, like maybe once or twice, but it wasn't that bad. Well, but you also had like a Marine and a jacked father helping you. Move out. <laughs> right. Well, so here's the thing. So like the jacked father helped me move it in. Oh, okay. He did not move it out. Mm, he, just kinda, me, he just kind of, he just kind of guided. Making me think maybe the jacked dad was the reason we put holes in the wall. I, I don't know, but no, so basically, <laughs> um, I know he listens, or at least his son. We know listens. Tony listens. We know Tony. I don't want to get beaten up by Tony, by Jack Dad. But it is I, Jack Dad. It is I, Jack Dad. So we moved it out with Devin and myself. We were able to move it out, mm-hmm. and just with a you know a little hemming and hawing, but not a lot. And now all of my stuff is light. And fairly maneuverable. Okay. On top of that, the next day I had my first shift at Juliet at the restaurant. Right. How was that? That was really fun. Hell like, yeah. Like very bizarrely fun. It was something you went on on a limb about. Yeah. And it's so great to hear it's working out. So basically, what I did I worked brunch. The best of the four meals. Yeah, it was lovely. And I got to just run food and clear tables and talk to people and learn everything, uh, learn what I'm going to learn. And it's just like, oh, okay. I had never waited tables. I had never been a waiter or a server or whatnot. It was just like, oh, okay. There are only so many tables that each have a number. Once you learn the number, okay, where does this go? 34. Okay, go just kind of becomes fun in that way. You, you just kind of keep going. I got a little pamphlet. It's like, here's kind of the program of what you're going to be learning. You're going to learn espresso or you're going to learn cocktails or whatever else. But we're also going to cross train you in a lot of different stuff. You're going to learn prep. You're going to learn back of house. You're going to learn cooking. So that's what you meant by you're going to learn what you're going to learn. Exactly. Or you learned what you're going to learn. Right, but yeah, more or less. And it's just like, here's kind of what this looks like. And I'm like, this seems really fun. Like, why is this fun? Do you think it like, might be the sense of like achievement, kind of like a stat tree? <laughs> you're progressing. I think I think a little bit. It's also the complete opposite of what I do forty hours a week. Yeah, because my 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 other my full time job is I sit at a computer and I look at programs and look at library stuff. And I go, it could be this, or it could be this. I wanted to ask you that. Do you think that this? other side gig is kind of giving you the social fuel you need that you're not getting from your other job. I think so in a way. I still see my team every day. Mm -hmm. And we still have a morning standup every day. But with this, it is different because you do get to talk about, you know, have conversation. Mm -hmm. You're not just like, what are you working on? Here's stuff you have to know for the new update. Here's, you know, whatever else. It's just like, Matt, what makes a good breakfast taco? And then we debate a breakfast taco. <laughs> what does make a good breakfast taco? 
So I'm a big believer in structure. <laughs> For those of you listening, Matt, like visibly sat up a little yeah. more. Oh, so here like, we go. So like, okay. So <laughs> flour tortilla, flour. Cord is great, but flour, I just think, lends itself better. I'm a fan of hash browns. Me too. So hash browns in the bottom. Not like a hash brown patty, but like no, actual like, hash like, browns. Like, like shredded hash browns. Nice. So shredded hash browns, your egg, not super soft scramble, not like liquid. Yeah. But also not hard. We're not talking like dry. It's like, like a medium scramble. And then you would put your other protein. It's most likely bacon. Most likely bacon, yeah. Most or likely sausage bacon. or whatever. Or, yeah. Right, exactly. I feel this way <laughs> because if the egg makes too long contact with the tortilla, it, it can compromise the structural integrity yeah, it can rip, of the tortilla. Yeah. Right, exactly. Yeah. So you have the hash brown there to like, like add some reinforcement there, mm-hmm. and then your egg, and then your bacon. Because your bacon's just gonna, you know, that could go wherever. Would you put any salsa in in a breakfast taco? Yes, that's a necessity. Okay. Would you put black olives in a breakfast taco? Me personally, <laughs> no. I probably would. I think that sounds. But weird. I can see it actually being good in a weird way, right? Right, because you have like the starchiness of the potato, the kind of creaminess of the egg, the saltiness or the kind of, well, the, the fattiness of the bacon, the saltiness and the olives add like a brine. Briny, yeah. There's a cookbook slash Netflix series <laughs> called Salt, Fat, Acid, Heat, where it's like, hi, have all of these three things present in food and it is good. Add salt, add a fat, Add some sort of acid and cook it. Wow, that makes a lot of sense, actually. So, like, I'm making steak. Add oil. Add salt. Spray it with lemon. <laughs> it's just kind of combos of there. <laughs> I now know how to cook. <laughs> right, you are now a Michelin star chef. Uh, <laughs> That's good, man. I'm glad to hear that that you're enjoying that. No, it, it is fun. Plus, I do get a a free three course dinner every quarter. Damn. All right. I was talking to Jenny. I was like, you guys should come, but like for your one year anniversary. Like it is like it is a special occasion dinner. And I think I'm looking forward to making that for people. For people? Yeah. Because it, it is such a like it's a production. Oh wow. Place. Like it's it is almost like a play. It's a weird it's like like here's the story you tell of the bread. Oh, okay. Like, we serve this bread. Here's why we serve this bread. And you're going to explain it to them. Oh, that's freaking cool. Here's the soup. Here's why we serve the soup. Here's the story behind the soup. It's very hipstery, but you're kind of like, they buy the food, but they also buy the experience. Right. They also buy the experience, but it, it never feels like bougie. Yeah. You, you make it sound very wholesome. It never feels like, like, ho, ho, ho kind of thing. <laughs> it always just feels like almost like friends cooking for friends. That's awesome. But come down for brunch. We have breakfast tacos. Oh, that's what I liked about camp so much. We always had this mentality of this is their first week and only week at camp. Mm. So like we make it as as important as it as it can be. So I love that. I've been putting off talking about this for a long time because I wasn't sure how to approach it. All right. I've written about a page and a half on it. It's the absolute best superpower. All right. So there's a lot of meta behind this. Uh huh. Behind like what I wrote down. <laughs> No, I, 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 I'm intrigued. So 
I started this post because I was like, I've known what the best superpower is for years, and it's about time I wrote and told everybody what the best <laughs> superpower is. And I got three paragraphs in when I had the realization, you know, maybe I should search on Google to see if this superpower exists yet. And then I did, and it does. So then I wrote about a paragraph flipping my shit being like, God damn it, how did I not think to like look this up? And I was like, cool, well, I'll, wrote, I'll write on like my version of what this superpower is and why it's important. So then I wrote another three paragraphs about that until I got to the realization that my version of the superpower already exists and a character has it in a show that we have both watched so okay here we go <laughs> that, like, say, are you going like, to read the entire thing do you want me to i mean if you want or we can like post on the facebook or like i mean how about i'll read the entire thing and i'll let ronnie decide what stays okay up. feel free to interrupt the best superpower and the subtitle is completely op please nerf <laughs> <laughs> Batman versus Superman, Deadpool versus Spider-Man. Since we learned that a boy could walk through walls, disappear and fly, we've been wondering how much more unique he is from the other guys. Many Cheeto dust covered fingers have been aggressively pointed in defense of what people claim are the best superpowers, but I'm here to put an end to all the fighting. Let me first identify that what I have here is the best superpower, not the best superhero. People get attached to heroes and it's because of that passion that these arguments get so heated. I'm simply talking about an ability. This isn't as simple as stating that invulnerability is the best superpower. Being undefeatable does not mean it isn't a great superpower. A superpower should have strengths and weaknesses. It allows for struggle and growth through defeat. Like no one wants to watch an indestructible superhero. Even Superman has his kryptonite, quite literally. This power will allow for our hero to go through the tried and true journey, discovery, refusal, threat, acceptance, development, and eventually ownership. What's the damn superpower I hear you say so eager to challenge my claim? Well, and this is where I realized <laughs> it's like I was going to start going into it. And I was like, oh, you know, before I start like going up against people, I should probably look this up. <laughs> it just says, damn it. While I'm writing this, I just had the thought, what if I'm building up to this and someone has already thought of it? One Google search later and boom, third result, phantasm manipulation. <laughs> <laughs> I'm an unoriginal <laughs> hack. <laughs> this is a learning opportunity, though. I was absolutely sure I had this completely new idea, and I was so confident and arrogant about it. It goes to show that sometimes humility and a basic level of research goes a long way. Allow me to revert, revise my approach. And this is when I start rewriting it as, instead of the absolute best superpower, a cool superpower. Yeah, it's like this, this like the first result. Yeah. <laughs> Phantasm manipulation. Okay, so this is actually pretty cool, though. Phantasm manipulation is literally the manipulation of ghosts. It's like controlling ghosts. So according to the Population Reference Bureau, as of 2019, 108,760,534,791 people have been born on the Earth so far. Subtract the current world population of 9,839,236,120 at the time of this writing. And that means that there are 100,921,307,671 dead people in the world. 
How many of those do you think are ghosts? If we're being generous and we say one in every thousand people will become a ghost, that's still over 100 million ghosts in the world. So with the superpower to control ghosts, you suddenly go from becoming a random 90s kid with a Walkman to the commander (laughs) of the largest army in the history of the world. (laughs) I mean, yeah, there's literally a whole there's a Doctor Who two-parter about that. Is it really? Yeah. Not about like ghosts, but like weaponizing the dead. Oh, yeah, you're right. Yeah. It's like once they weaponize the dead, you're like, because they kill you, they add more. Yeah. (laughs) Case point. There. Fucking done. There it is. In terms of good story and character development, the mental strain caused by constantly facing your mortality would be more than enough to create an intense emotional struggle for the viewers to enjoy. And the endless tide of people with different stories would have an interesting effect on a hero's mentality. After hearing about all of these regrets and untimely demises, it would bring about questions of what truly has meaning, the moral struggle of whether to strike down an assailant or show mercy is like a common thing for a hero, but imagine how many more layers are added once the hero is also considering whether its actions will matter in the larger picture of life and death. And it opens a beautiful door for one-liners like, what's one more dead soul before having an undead Confederate soldier bayonet them from behind? (laughs) It was at this point that I made my third realization. (laughs) That... You're talking about Klaus. <laughs> I'm talking about Klaus Hardgraves. I wrote that and I was like, and now I'm remembering that Klaus Hardgraves from Umbrella Academy already has this ability. And he is kind of what you describe as has that emotional turmoil. Yeah. He's an alcoholic. He's a drug user. He's a. He is a, has a nothing matters attitude. Yeah. Um, <sighs> in addition, I think his code name is so cool i love it what's his code name the seance oh that's badass that's cool like he is like klaus hargreaves code name the seance similar to like number one is like <laughs> code name space boy <laughs> so this is when i rewrote the article for the last time <laughs> i crossed out everything i had written before and i just put hashtag klaus is best hero that's bold <laughs> That's, that's my stance. I mean, it, yeah, I, he's definitely a very affecting character and he is kind of like the like fan favorite from the show, I think. He's the most intriguing and funny. He's the most funny. He's the most intriguing. He, I think, has the most character range, especially in the episodes that we have seen where he kind of like has his whole range of like partying to, you know, whatever else. So like going back in time. And then coming back mm-hmm. um, and then going back in time again. Becoming sober. Yeah. And becoming and then... sober, becoming a cult leader um, <laughs> at one point. Klaus is definitely a very interesting character. I definitely, I think he's definitely one of the more compelling on that show in that series. It's taken me a long time to bring that up on the show. I appreciate that. I wrote that months and months ago. I appreciate your honesty. I was just like, how the hell? Because it was so embarrassing. <laughs> I was so confident. Like, I know that this is great. Yeah. Oh my God. I'm glad to finally get rid of that from the document. Please <laughs> <laughs> delete it and like be gone. Uh, well, what I'm doing is I've actually started shifting all of the discussed topics to the bottom 
Oh, that way I can still have them in the document to like reminisce on. Right. It's a 77 page document at this point. I mean, we talked about it last time. We've got like over 20 hours of content out. Yeah. So I have a little notepad program. I open a tab, write three things, and then delete the tab. Oh, wow. Damn, dude. (laughs) You're doing (laughs) like an anus onus kind of thing. Do you know know about that? One of my friends, Jess, watched it, but I don't know what it is. I know it's Markiplier. Yeah, I want to make sure I'm I'm saying it correctly. I didn't watch it. Unus on Anus. Yeah. Unus Anus. Yeah. I think we've talked about this. They made a whole YouTube channel and did videos for a year. And at the end of the year, they deleted the entire channel so it could never be viewed again. That's fascinating. That's what you're doing, buddy. I'm not deleting the episodes, though. I know, but you're like wiping the slate clean of of your ideas. But I can still go back and listen to the episodes if I want. That's That's But I get it. I get it. That is really interesting. Well, because it is kind of an event YouTube channel. And I mean, he has been on YouTube for like 80,000 years. Yeah, he's he's got like a monopoly on like gaming. <laughs> well, he, well, he's the, he's the wholesome streamer. I think. He really is. Yeah, he's a real wholesome guy versus like PewDiePie, who's like a racist. <laughs> <laughs> you got a spectrum there. Right, exactly. You it's got like your game, grum, game Grumps fall in there somewhere. Right. <laughs> a little bit further away from racist. <laughs> right. But like they're not quite like E. No, yeah, no, no. Yeah. <laughs> But they are. I do have to every now and again encounter like distorted images of Aaron eating Cheerios with the like the lip thing. Oh yeah, yeah. Him screaming more. (laughs) There's Aaron Hansen is not afraid to look gross. He has no shame when it comes to his physical body, and I find that so empowering. I agree with that. Um, because that is a very compromising position. Like for example, that a very thing, that's a very compromising position to put himself in mm-hmm. is I'm going to wear a thing that it bears my teeth and I'm going to eat something, <laughs> but like not a normal way. I'm going to like pour like, <laughs> gumballs or candy into my mouth and just scream more. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus Christ, Aaron, fine. Fuck. All right. <laughs> More! Ah! <laughs> oh my God. And it's just the stupidest thing I've ever seen. But like, yep, that's the thing I watch. I fucking love that man. He's so cool. I don't know why that makes me like... Be like, you're my hero. (laughs) I get it. I get it, though. I get it. You know who's my hero? Who? Lakey Inspired, the writer of our theme song, The Process. All hail (laughs) the process creator, the inspired one. Let the Lakey watch over you. (laughs) Oh, royalty free one. Yeah, if you want to listen to our theme song, <laughs> The Process by Linky Inspired, hop on over to SoundCloud or Spotify. You can find our podcast mm-hmm. everywhere oh. you get your podcast. Do you want me to do it again? What? I, I didn't do the animal thing. That's fine. I w- can we talk about this? I would love to hear what people actually want to hear at the end of the podcast. What do, how do we what do you want to end this? <laughs> we can work together and write like a creative right, way to end do- the podcast. 
We can like, do things. We need to know what's working, what's not. Yeah, if it's not working to have us peak the mic by screaming facts about animals, then what else do you want? What do you want from me? I don't understand. What do these kids want? How do I reach these kids? <laughs> is this what you want? An elephant's trunk is its nose, but also kind of its mouth? Is this what you want? <laughs> but also, like, review us. Yeah, because it's still only one review. Is it still only one? It's still one review, guys. What was his name again? Title rate. Title rate. You are the the one true fan, but it's a bummer because you've outed yourself as one of the council of the six. Exactly. Clearly, because <laughs> <laughs> you got like prime. You were the first review, so you got your spot there. So if anybody challenges title, that's an easy way to get back. Exactly. The yeah. So. Please rate, review us on Apple Podcasts. It means a lot to us. We'll we check those fairly regularly. I'll you know I'll read it on the end, whatever. Hmm. But uh, yeah, let us know how we're doing. Let us know what you like. Yeah, these are fun to do. These podcasts are really fun to do, and it's a great way for Matt and I to catch up, which is the reason we started in the first place. But motivations can lax every once in a while. It's a huge boost to motivation seeing those reviews. So we appreciate it. Yes, Alan. Yeah. Thanks for potting with me. Matt, it's not called potting anymore. It's called casting. That's why I'm wearing this robe as my and my mic is decorated like a wand. When Guardian, leave a review on iTunes, you filthy muggles. Play us out. <laughs> <laughs>